Broadcasting live from the phx.fm studio in Phoenix, Arizona. It's time for Valley Business Radio, spotlighting the Valley's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to the Arizona 100 podcast. I'm Adrian McIntyre with phx.fm. I'm joined, as always, in our now permanently virtual studio by Abby Fink, publisher of the Arizona 100. Hi, Abby. How are you this week? I'm doing good. Yourself? I am well. I am well. The world keeps changing and we do our best to change with it. How are things looking from where you are? Good. In fact, I switched my my view. So I have a different background. I'm facing the opposite direction of, in my living room now, just for something different. Well, changing our perspective, I think, is a critical part of you know, being <laughs> grownups and having a positive outlook on life. And the world really has changed, particularly for us here in Arizona. Uh, the the COVID-19 uh, crisis continues to unfold in some unsettling ways. I mean, we've gone through some ups and some downs. And now, unfortunately, we are on a major up in terms of the number of cases, the number of positive test results, the number of hospitalizations. And that has a lot of folks you know, really confronting uh, some again and some for the first time, the seriousness of what we're all dealing with here. Yes, it's true. It's true. And, and the, you know, the, the recent uh, proclamations that have been made across the, the different municipalities in our counties to uh, ask that people wear masks in public and, and, you know, be remain socially distant when you can and be smart about the your outings and such is all an attempt to uh, change that direction a little bit and, and hopefully get us trending down back where we were before we reopened in mid-May. And you know what, it's, it's, it's going to be a discussion, I think, for, for many weeks to come. I don't think that, that we will we'll see a real change in, in the dynamic for quite some time. And um, as we've talked about before, I think there's some personal responsibility in this um, as well in terms of how you manage your own life and where you're headed and what you're doing and how you're interacting out in the community. And, and uh, you know, I don't think anybody is a big fan of wearing a mask, but it is um, been asked of us to do our thing to help prevent the spread. And, you know, now I, I, uh, I'm, I'm buying them in all different colors and some fancy sayings. You know, I figure they're just like glasses and earrings are going to be a fashion statement. So I might as well have a variety to choose from each day as I have to venture out for certain things. I might as well match a mask to whatever I'm wearing that particular day. So I'm trying to find the positive in the new fashion accessory. <laughs> the self-expression, if you will. Exactly. You know, it is interesting to see people respond uh, to this. And it's important. And, and we've discussed many times on this show how, you know, while some people want to politicize these issues and make it part of uh, a, a, an argument they already had for or against the world in general, for business leaders, for community leaders, for government officials, for, for the folks we deal with professionally on a day-to-day -day basis, there's some real challenges and dilemmas to navigate here as people try to make the best possible decisions decisions for their communities, for their organizations, for their companies. And it's only recently that there's been any kind of a directive in that regard. So they're responding to that. But of course, that's left a lot of folks really unsure how to how to navigate as employers who have an obligation to follow the law and to be do right by their people. 
Um, you know, we've heard from lawyers advising folks about, you know, best practices with regard to employees, to customers, and so on. And it's important to remember that when you get down below the white hot heat of political diatribe on these issues, there's a lot of good people who may have a lot of different points of view, but they're trying to do the right thing and they need our support. And that's something that I think we continue to highlight here uh, as we talk to folks who represent the nonprofits and the companies and the small businesses, uh, the large companies, the independents. Uh, it's something that has um, really been in the forefront of our conversations. Right. And that I think I think that's the critical part of these conversations is that that all of us are trying to figure it out. None of us have an answer. None of us know the right answer. We are looking for guidance from a variety of different sources, the health community, our our um, business leaders, our, our political leaders. Nobody really has a true grasp of what all this looks like today. And as we know, it changes from day to day. And I really think the 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 discussion around what's right, you know, resides with the business owners themselves. They have to make the right decisions for, as you said, their employees, their customers. Um, and as someone who frequents a particular business, that's up to us to decide if what we're willing to, you know, do and not do in this particular time frame. And my only hope is that that there's um, and has been as we've continued to talk about this, that there's a respect for the decisions that individuals make that this is a personal choice on how they want to react to what's happening out there and, and how they choose to manage this, whether you agree with that or not, whether you choose to follow the guidance or not. We just need a mutual respect out there and, and we need to do what we can um, and to to reverse the trend that we're currently in. And if there's some of these guidelines that are coming down that say this is right now what we know to be a good best practice, then that's what we should be doing. And uh, but I I will, you know, I will not engage in in any sort of judgment if I can help it. If you choose to not do those things, that's entirely up to you. Um, but please, you know, respect those that wish to do it um, for this exact same reasons. So and I was I was listening to an audiobook this morning on my walk that comes out of the uh, Buddhist tradition of compassion and mindfulness and so on. And they were talking about non-judgment. And I, th I think that sounds great, but I'm left thinking if I take on being non-judgmental, who's going to point out all the stupid people in the world? <laughs> which, which of course is the point. Uh, exactly. Uh, you know, um, and I, I, I just remember something that I was told years ago which has proven to be true in my own experience. And that is there is a world of difference between being the person who signs the back of your check versus being the person who signs the front of your check. If you're an employee or somebody who's taking the money you've earned from a job and taking it out into the world of other businesses, remember there are business owners who have to sign the front of those checks who have a very different calculus of how to, how to navigate. It doesn't mean that they're doing it right all the time. Uh, but just remember, the stakes are very, very different. Uh, and that's that's something I think that we get an interesting perspective on through the pages, the virtual pages of the Arizona 100. We hear from companies and, and organizations, tribal leaders and so on, who are doing their best to navigate these difficult times. What are we going to see in this issue? Well, we, we, we decided, given uh, the issue will be out um, just a few days before Independence Day, that we would do a focus on our state's independent businesses. And so we did a call out on some of our um, social media channels and to some of our colleagues out in the 
various chambers of commerce and small business associations and such and said, let us know. There's got to be some businesses out there that, um, you know, aren't um, necessarily taking out ads or have a huge media presence, but we should know about them. And we were thrilled with the response that we got. And so we are focusing on 15 different independently owned and operated businesses across the state of Arizona. And that's just because we only had room for 15. Um, We got dozens of submissions and we wanted to make sure we were well represented across the the, the state, that there were a variety of different businesses that we could focus on. So let me just give you a couple um, of what we we saw. And it just was really fun to to read and, and pull this issue together. So how about Andy's Shoe Shine and Repair? So Andy has been um, in business for a little bit over a decade now. He is um, operates his business out of the Orpheum Lots building on Adams Street in downtown Phoenix. He has um, decided because you know the 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 marketplace is changing that um, he's going to take it mobile as well, and he's been bringing the, um, his services to conventions and hotels and special events. Of course, we've seen a little bit of a downturn in that regard. But um, what he says that when we asked him about his business philosophy, he says, my commitment is to my customers. And I think that's why Andy is successful and and continues to operate his uh, independently owned shine and repair location in downtown Phoenix. I can't remember the last time I went to a shoe shine place, probably in the winter when I was wearing boots. Um, but um, go visit Andy in downtown if you um, if you need to get your shoes shined or repaired. He'll be there for you. Well, that reminds me of a, a song that my father used to sing to me when I was a boy that his father used to sing to him. Uh, about Shoeshine Boy and kind of the nostalgia associated with that. Some of those songs my grandfather used to sing have turned out to be racially problematic uh, over the years, but it, it's important to remember that this is a, a fundamental act of service. It's, it's someone in our community who's who's uh, you know doing their best in difficult circumstances. I That's imagine right. there are a lot less shoes to shine these days, so good to hear about Andy and continue to support him. Right, right. So um, Cowboy Up Hay and Ranch Supply in Springerville, um, which is in La Paz County. And they are um, a uh, supply house for livestock, feed, horses, sheep, etc. Full line of tack and other various things if you have the the large animals. But they're a repair shop and uh, they're doing business up there in the White Mountains, Cowboy Up Hay and Ranch Supply. Now, I'm not a um, don't have large animals, so this would not be something that I was aware of. So it was kind of fun to learn about um, this small business up there in the White Mountains. How about how are you with any arts and crafts? You a craftsy guy? Well, remember, we we are the father of two young boys, ages five and a half and eight. So it's arts and crafts all day, every day. And sometimes that looks like abstract painting on the carpet by accident. Uh, But yeah, lots (laughs) of paints and glues and strings and things. And uh, yeah, a little crafty. All right, so maybe you want to take a drive to Tucson and visit Grandma's Spinning Wheel. It is one of the largest and best stocked fiber art supply stores in Arizona. 2,000 square feet, yarn, needles, anything you'll need to knit, crochet, spin, weave, felt. They're doing some things virtually, and it's a retired school teacher 
who really enjoyed fiber arts. And when she retired from teaching, she decided that uh, she was going to kind of remember what she learned from her mom when she was a little girl and opened up Grandma's Spinning Wheel there in Tucson. So, you know, if you're looking for a road trip, you should check it out. That is cool. Actually, my, my family is very partial to to sewing and knitting and, and that thing. I, I don't personally do it, but my Aunt Jeannie, uh, my mother's late sister was a world-class quilter who who had made thousands of them, exhibited them all over. And we have quite a few of her quilts uh, in our house. So that is something that I think is very special. Yeah. And they, and those are memories, right? They're, they, I was, I'm doing a lot of COVID cleaning at my house. So I was in the guest bedroom this weekend going through drawers and boxes and whatnot. And I opened up one of the drawers and had a couple of the um, Afghans that were made by the various um, grannies in the family. And so kind of a little moment where I was, you know, thinking back on being bundled up in that as a little kid. So that was kind of fun. And and uh, maybe we're going to get back to that kind of nostalgic, um, artsy, craftsy part of our lives. I'm not particularly good at it, but I enjoy it. I'm just not very good at it. Yeah, it's hard to imagine cuddling up under an Afghan when it's 112 well, outside, right, but right. definitely have fond memories of cold winter evenings. Uh, right. With, they, you know, the Afghans have such a, I don't know if it's the yarn or whatnot, but there's a specific smell that comes with them that's not unpleasant. It's sort of warm and woolly. and uh, It smells and, like grandma. It does. Yes. There's a few things that I have that, that when, I, when I see them, I instantly have that recall that smell like grandma or grandma's house whatever is sometimes that smell could be mothballs but it's right. it's <laughs> but it smells like grandma so i'm sorry we were way off track um but th- speaking of somewhat nostalgic as well um in cochise county we have apple annie's orchard they have 6000 apple trees throughout cochise county and it's a you pick them so you can come and and enjoy the farmland and and pick some fruit during their harvest seasons and they've got other activities that happen and and you know a little restaurant gift shop hay rides etc so if you're looking to uh, again a little road trip Cochise County Southeast Arizona um, and visit Apple Annie's Orchard if you need a little help with your um, travel plans um Pin drop travel trailers. So I was reading an article in the New York Times that said that RV travel this summer is increasing because most of us are looking for alternative ways to vacation. So this uh, company in the Globe Miami area is taking the teardrop shaped trailer and uh, retrofitting those with a bed and kitchen and cabinets. And it's entirely powered by solar energy. And you can take yourself, go camping either throughout the state or around the around the community called Pin Drop Travel Trailers. Again, all this nostalgic stuff. I wonder if they could build me a mobile podcast studio. We could just take the oh, show. Oh, you can on end up in my driveway. That'd be kind of cool. Right. Or the cool. mountains. Or, or, the, or the, the mountains. Oh, yeah. Or... All right. All right. So just a couple other um, things to point out. Um, one more on the nostalgic trail um, out in Glendale, Arizona. The Sour Apple Gallery is a curated pop culture store and art gallery. Um, 80s inspired artwork. Um, so kind of a one of a kind experience for you to go out there and check out some of the things. They've got a um, children's area and coloring area and uh, just a real fun time to kind of see those vintage toys of the 80s. 
um, out there in Glendale uh, called Sour Apple Gallery. That's that's those are those are my years. Yeah, born in '73, so the the toys of the late '70s and early '80s were my elementary school. Uh, you know, the Cabbage Patch Kids and the Garbage Patch Cards and all this crazy stuff. It would be fun to get out there. Right. Well, let me point out just a couple others that we've got. There's some um, the Terra Farm and Manor out of Prescott, um, a company called the Whiskey Porch, also in Prescott. Um, if you are uh, like to go to the Cottonwood and Jerome area, there's the Haunted Group, uh, which has a couple different restaurants and hotels out there. A um, couple businesses, Yavapai Title Agency has um, purchased the um, and rebuilding one of the buildings out there for their um, their business. And this one, just to wrap it up, because we do like to have a kind of a nonprofit in our midst, um, is an organization called the Bra Recyclers. And what they do is take um, women's uh, undergarments and repurposes them, fixes them up, and then donates them back to local shelters in the Phoenix area. They've got um, about 100 shelters across 24 states, as well as four African countries. And they recycle, reuse, and repurpose the bras uh, for these women that are escaping domestic violence, drug addiction, human trafficking, etc., to date, they have um, donated over two million bras. I just find that amazing, and um, and I'm you know congratulations to the Mitchell family for finding an opportunity to uh, do good for our community and and also uh, from a sustainability perspective find re- use and reuse for a product that all of us need. So. But lots of great stories. As I said, we are celebrating independence and the entrepreneurial spirit here in Arizona, something that we do on a regular basis. But we thought, given our proximity to Independence Day, that we would uh, take advantage of that and feature these 15 businesses in this particular issue. But as you know, we have um, twice a month, the Arizona 100 e-newsletter comes out where we are always looking for great and exciting stories about the businesses and organizations throughout our state. So if we weren't able to feature your business this time, but you've got something you think we should know about, please drop us a line at editor at thearizona100.com and take a look at our website, thearizona100.com and subscribe to the free newsletter. comes out twice a month on thir- second and fourth Thursday of the month and we'd love to have you as part of the 100 family. Such a valuable service you're providing to folks throughout the state of Arizona. Abby Fink, publisher of the Arizona 100, thanks so much for joining us for yet another insightful conversation on the Arizona 100 podcast. 